I gotta ask, what is your favorite emoji? And what do you think it would sound like? There's this happy sloth one, like holding a heart. Definitely the best one ever, because just I use that for a, just almost any different use case I can find. Like, I would love it if it sounded like Morgan Freeman or something like that, it would be amazing. So I love to dance. So I actually would probably pick the, the salsa dancer emoji to represent me. But giving a sound, that's a tough one. Cause I, I'd probably do like some kind of actual music sound to go with it, like flamingo dancing sound. <laughs> this is kind of ridiculous, but on the Kim Kardashian Kimoji app, there is one of Kylie, or her rolling her eyes. And I think that's the one that most, most speaks to my soul. And I think the noise for it is pretty obvious. It's just kind of like a, oh. The upside down smiley face. In a way, you can put it at the end of a sentence and it changes the meaning from what you say to borderline this question mark at the end going, did I even mean that? Was that a joke or was I being serious? Nobody knows. A noise for it, I guess it'd be sort of, eh? <laughs> like... Hi there, you're listening to Three Broke Mice, a podcast collaboration of KBIA and Missouri Business Alert. I'm Kara Tabor. As you may have guessed from the intro, in this episode, we're going all digital and into the world of the emoji. If you're not familiar with the concept, they're colorful icons, from funny faces to food to symbols, loved by millions of smartphone and social media users the world over. Aside from being fun and easy to use in day-to-day conversation, emojis are gaining more and more of our attention through products, advertising, and the media meaning some industries are raking in the big bucks, money bag emoji with the likes of the smirking smiley and classic thumbs up sign. And with the explosion of emojis in culture and commerce, new communication challenges are popping up as well. Without further ado, get your ears and keyboards ready. These funny little graphics aren't so one-dimensional after all. who spent some time flipping through an emoji gallery can see that there's quite a universe of these little images. Keeping all of these brightly tinted characters and their meanings straight can be dizzying, especially if you're new to peppering your instant messages with heart-eyed cartoon cats and crimson 100 signs. To explain how to make sense of it all, and how that emoji library continues to grow and blend into society, is Jeremy Burge. He's the founder of Emojipedia and World Emoji Day, and member of the Unicode Consortium's Emoji Subcommittee. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on. No problem at all. It's never a bother. Tell us about what Emojipedia does, the purpose it serves, and why you started it. So Emojipedia serves it serves, it serves a gap in the market where everybody loves the emojis, but sometimes you get to the point where you need to know what one means. And it could be because someone sent you an emoji and you don't understand what they meant by it. And you get all these weird issues where different phones show emojis differently. So we have this website where you can type an emoji in and see how it looks on all the different phones to make sure that maybe it's a very important message and you want to make sure that you're being clear. So that's that's the, the role that Emojipedia serves. What drew you to emoji? So for a bit of emoji history for anybody that that wasn't uh, on board the emoji train in 2011, that Apple started to include this emoji keyboard in Japan only because in Japan, emoji was already a big feature from the 90s. 
And for whatever reason, Apple just, they locked it down and you couldn't get to it unless you got these sort of weird apps that you could type in. I had a, a calculator and if you typed in this certain code, it would unlock the keyboard. And then a couple of years later, Apple made it official and they said, here it is. It's on the keyboard. And there was an update that happened soon after that that added a bunch of new emojis. And like you do on the internet, you Google, what are the new emojis? And there was nothing. So... The idea just ticked around in the back of my head until the name Emojipedia seemed too obvious not to register and not to start a website dedicated to which new emojis come out and when and what do they mean. And that was the origin story. Just in general, what sort of use trends have you been able to gauge from seeing the searches that users are making on Emojipedia? I see that right now the shrug emoji ranks as one of the most popular. One interesting thing I found is that often... People want what they can't have. So you you mentioned the shrug emoji that isn't widely supported yet. It's been approved, but most phones don't support it. And that's top of the list. And this time last year, we had a similar incident where the, the middle finger emoji, it had been approved and it wasn't on many phones yet. And that was top of the list. So I think there's quite often people thinking they want something. And then when they get it, they go, I don't really use that so much, really. (laughs) So that's definitely one of the biggest trends I've seen. In general, what are some of the most frequently confused emoji? Every emoji, by the way, has an official name. And that's what we list on Emojipedia. We didn't make those up. They're actually part of the, the standard that every emoji has a name. And that's what different vendors go on to to draw their pictures. So there's one called Sleepy Face, and it's not the one that you think of with the Z, the little the Z characters coming out of the top of it. It's the one that looks like it has a tear going sideways out the side. You might have seen this one. And uh, that is from Japan. It's sort of an anime origin whereby they have what the, a snot bubble that comes out the side of the, the nose to indicate that a, a baby normally is sleeping and people... I think just generally use that as another crying or sad emoji, to be honest. I don't think many many people really use it to mean I am sleepy, which is what the origin of it means. So you mentioned the standard and you, of course, are on the emoji subcommittee for Unicode, which is the organization that determines which characters and symbols are to be recognized internationally for a plethora of different languages and coding systems, emoji included. Can you walk through the process of turning an idea into a new approved emoji? So every emoji that comes through these days has a pretty different process than it used to. A common confusion that people have is they look at these older emoji characters from Japan and they say, well, why are there two camels or why are there 12 trains? And yet, if you look at the standards today, they're quite strict about what they say needs the criteria for a new emoji. And that's just because over time they've evolved. So today, if you wanted to make a new emoji, there is a, a form you can you can fill out on, on the website and you can send in a proposal document where you have to make the case that this should exist. You, you fill in details about why it's missing, uh, how popular it might be if it, if it were implemented. Uh, you have to maybe say... Why it looks visually distinct, if it, if it looks the same as something else, it doesn't matter that it has a different meaning. It needs to look quite unique and basically just make the case that it should exist. And you'd submit this to Unicode, which is the body that you mentioned that uh, gets behind the standards. And if they approve it, then about a year or so later on, it could hit phones. And what are some of the wildest emoji proposals you've seen? Uh, so... 
the ones that are public that that I've sort of seen that often brands will submit something which is technically private, but then they might also publicize it or try and run a campaign around it. There was the set of female sanitary products emojis, which I don't know whether that's wild, but I know particularly mm. one of them was some underwear with blood on it that uh, okay. was <laughs> that. You know, they were sort of saying they were promoting tampons and all kinds of things, and and that's all fine that it had, you know, they made some reasonable points in there, but I don't think no matter how many valid points they might make that an emoji of blood-stained underwear is going to get through. And I think they know that. I think brands, they like to to play with these things and submit proposals that, honestly, I'm sure they, they wish some of it would get up, but I wonder whether a lot of it's really just, it makes a good headline. Durex also proposed a condom emoji last mm. year. Again, I think they made some valid points with it that they'd used the uh, blue from their, their packaging in the proposal, which I know if it were to be approved, it wouldn't be a Durex condom. It would be a regular condom. So those sort of things. I think brands enjoy, they like to be part of the conversation and they like to see their name in print. And that's one way to do it is to submit something that whether or not they think it will get through, it makes people talk about it anyway. Of the proposals that make it to the quarterly meeting, I would say a, a fair majority do get approved. Uh, sometimes you have an issue where something makes it, it's approved as a candidate first, whereby this committee will say, sure, we tentatively agree this should be an emoji and later on have second thought. Or a closer inspection shows that it shouldn't be an emoji. There was one uh, last year that was the Buddha emoji that was approved as a candidate and then later on, Someone must have realized that, hang on a minute, we have a guideline specifically against real people or deities that should mm. not become emojis. So even though a mosque and a synagogue and other religious characters got through, the Buddha itself was then bumped off the candidate list. World Emoji Day. Can we talk about that for a bit? Absolutely. World Emoji Day, my favorite day of the year. So I started World Emoji Day in 2014, and I actually thought someone else might have already done it, but there might already be some kind of day that someone had deemed was the day to celebrate emoji. And when there wasn't, it seemed like, why not just make one? So that's what we did. We just tweeted it out. Uh, July 17 is when it is. And it was about a week beforehand in 2014. And we just, thankfully, people came along for the ride. A lot of people were keen to have an emoji day. And since then, how has the celebration blown up? So the first year, I saw a fair few tweets go around and some brands did their own sort of uh, quizzes and that sort of thing. But last year, it just went nuts. The <laughs> Reddit, the social news site, they replaced their little alien character with an emoji-looking version. Pepsi came out with their own World Emoji Day Pepsi bottles that said Happy World Emoji Day July 17 on them and they sent them to all kinds of celebrities to show up on Instagram. I saw Neil Patrick Harris holding his World Emoji Day Pepsi bottle. Even though people use emojis every day, it's fun having a day to to celebrate everything we like about them. With that, why do you think people, and not just young tech users, are drawn to use emoji in day-to-day interaction? You know what? In some ways, I think it's not necessarily just the tech people who are even into emoji use. My grandparents love emojis and they're both in their 80s and they'll they'll litter their text messages with them. They just fill a gap that I don't know about you, but I don't make phone calls anymore unless unless I need to, basically. Um, to catch up with friends day to day, you just message back and forth. You can multitask and emoji fills that gap. They're sort of playful. They can fill in gaps where we don't have verbal cues and body language. 
So I think they fill a lot of the roles that we get from in-person communication. They fill that gap. And then with the use of emoji in product and advertising and like we've talked about a little bit, and then culture in general is huge in 2016 now. So where do you see emoji use continuing to grow? This year we're seeing a huge brand involvement with emoji. Now brands are always a little bit on the back foot with new technology that while the world was loving emojis in 2014 and 2015, the start of this year I really noticed a big concerted effort of brands getting on board and I feel like a lot of these things they just take time so I think we'll see definitely a lot of more emoji campaigns coming up in the foreseeable future. We've got the Emoji Movie coming out next year, I believe. Ooh, uh, I did not know that. That's by Sony, that is. My understanding from the very limited artwork that they've sort of shown off at some press events is that it looks like they're mostly just using the yellow characters. They're not using, I was sort of hoping they might have mm. like the sassy girl versus the, uh, you know, maybe having a crush on the boy who bows down with the blue triangles on his head. But uh, but no, it looks like they're sticking to the the classic yellow faces, maybe more Lego movie style, just sort of have the generic-ish characters to apply anything mm. to. But that will be no doubt huge in 2017. Long term, the Unicode Consortium, there's been a statement that's been available for, I think it's about two years now, basically saying, guys, we don't want to do this in the long term, that we're not going to have meetings and everybody sitting around to decide which new colorful characters we're doing every year. That They didn't say it in so many words, but effectively it says that eventually the goal is to sort of, I say finish or wrap up the set, fill in some gaps and then unleash some form of custom emoji feature or functionality. And that's not really known right now how that might actually happen, but at least that's the stated goal is to make emoji more flexible or customizable in future, whereas right now they need to be vetted and approved. And it's a lot of it's a lot of process. Thank you so much for your time today, Jeremy. Oh, you're very welcome. I had a very I had a very good time. For more information, uh, if you'd like to go to emojipedia.org, definitely head it up and keep World Emoji Day on your calendar. It's coming up quickly, July 17th. one thing to stick emojis in ads or produce entire movies using them. Okay, I guess the second is pretty big. But what about emoji that are trackable and customizable, building off of the existing Unicode set of emoji and user feedback? A company called Makemoji is harnessing the power of the text entry field and giving app developers and users a keyboard that makes user-requested emoji a reality. Makemoji's co-founder and CEO, Tyler Breton, is here to chat the ins and outs of this new technology and what it means for emoji lovers and even brands. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for reaching out. So you've described Makemoji as a monetizable in-app emoji keyboard. Can you tell us a bit more about how it works? So we essentially replace the keyboard inside of an app with our emoji keyboard that lets apps sort of expand on their entire emoji set, generate a lot of data, and generate a lot of revenue. And it's also completely free. Up until recently, emoji hasn't really been something that most people would think would provide a great deal of information about, say, a person's communication style or even their purchasing habits. 
But obviously, there's a lot to be gleaned from this information. Can you explain how your keyboard tracks emoji use? Anytime that there's data being generated, it's all done anonymously. So that means that we don't track any kind of conversations or even text or anything like that that gets sent. And we also have no idea who the people are that are in the conversations, right? So we don't have any kind of like first name, last name, email data or anything like that. Uh, And that's by choice. The second part of that is we track a lot of advertising metrics. So we track viewable impressions, share. So anytime an emoji is just shared from our navigation into a conversation and also clicks and like click through rate. So we also have a way to embed links inside of emojis as well. So for example, if you shared a Starbucks emoji, you can click on that to then like buy a cup of coffee. A lot of the users of the apps that we work with are very like demo specific. If we're working with like a music app, we already know that those users are going to want to see more music related emojis than anything else. So we have a something that we call like the trending navigation. So when somebody goes to, you know, an app that they want to go and send messages from, they'll see sort of seven emojis that always show up there. And that's trending sort of mm-hmm. based on use or what the app itself dictates. You know, let's say it's a baseball app and they want to have the L.A. Dodgers. They could have those sets of emojis show up first or they could default it to whatever's being shared the most within our entire app ecosystem or just their app. Across platforms and across apps, what are some of the most popular emojis? Ironically, there are a couple of brands that are, I would say probably the top five, if not the top 10. Starbucks is definitely one of the most heavily used emojis that we have. I think the Red Bull one is also a very highly used emoji just because people are just sort of using that in conversation. And then we have a couple of things that are sort of like emoji phrases. So we have multiple emojis together that people will use a lot as well. What are some of those emoji phrases that people tend to use a lot? So the funnier ones that we have are, I guess the ones that are used the most in sort of dating apps are, there's ones that are like chick magnet. So it's like a little baby chicken and like a magnet (laughs) sort of grouped together. We also have one that's really popular. It's like a booty call emoji. So it's like kids like booties and like a phone call. Very, very punny indeed. Yeah, they're good. They're sort of being used to kind of create their own languages. With all this data that you're pulling in from all these different platforms, what are some of the most surprising results that you've come across? The coolest thing that we've seen happen is that people are very comfortable sharing branded emojis. You know, in a way, that's a really cool thing that I don't think happens a lot on Instagram or really any of these other sort of social channels because it doesn't feel like an ad. You don't have to like copy and paste the emojis. They're just fit in line with text. So it feels like your friends are like vouching for that brand if they're sending it in a message conversation to you. And I think also that helps things like click-through rates, which have been insanely high for us, just because, again, everything is more person-to-person. If I send you a Starbucks emoji that has a link embedded, you're more likely to click on that than scrolling on Instagram and just seeing an ad for Starbucks on Instagram. One thing that's pretty fascinating, too, is the search feature, which you call flash tag. It works where a user types in an exclamation point and a common word, and then a suggested emoji appears in the keyword, ready for the user to send. When somebody hits search, what will happen is an exclamation point is going to now show up in the text field. And when you've just hit that search button once, you'll see the trending searches. So you'll see what other people are searching for. Then when you start to type words, if you type the letters B-A-S-E, you'll start to see baseball emojis. 
there's a sort of an advertising potential there as well, because essentially if somebody searches like a generic noun, like the word soda, you could have Coke and Pepsi bidding on that keyword, right? And whoever has the highest bid would win that conversion. They'd show up first. Bid, are we talking about a monetary bid here or a yeah, usage it would be bid? Yeah, it would be like a real-time bidding engine. It's very similar to the way that Google AdWords and Google AdSense works. So they would bid cents on the dollar to show up as synonymous with the word soda to the demographic that they're looking for. So kind of presenting things in a more open source manner where brands and even accumulated patterns of end user use can influence the emojis that are available. We want it to be a global conversation, right? Because brands are used in conversations already, right? People will talk about like, hey, I'm going to grab Starbucks or I just bought a new pair of Vans or whatever. When somebody sees our Starbucks emoji in, in a conversation or if I send that to somebody, it's got a whole different mental impact than it does just seeing like an ad for Starbucks on Instagram or Facebook. And that's really the key is giving users the ability to sort of expand on this massive emoji language and then also giving brands the ability to participate But again, it's still up to the user to share that, right? Just because Starbucks creates a branded emoji, it doesn't guarantee that thing's going to be shared, you know, a million times in the next 24 hours. And this all harkens back to the basics of humans using pictures to represent things or feelings that up until very recently, we've we've gotten used to representing with words. (laughs) You know, I'm not one of those people that sort of believes that emojis are going to replace language. But what I think is very interesting and and something that they can do in a way that nothing really else can do is they can add that small piece of context to a a larger message, right? Or they can make somebody feel a little bit more important or it gives you a different way to sort of flirt with somebody and and also kind of test your creativity at the same time. That's the part I like. I don't necessarily think you're creating your own language, but you're essentially, you're creating these little small links between people that are very subtle, but I think are very important in in the way that they communicate. With the fact that there are emojis that are offered by Unicode and then those that your platform offers outside of that, what are some of the most like in-demand emojis that aren't in this standard Unicode set? One of the things that we do get feedback on is searches. So that's actually the one piece of text that we are monitoring because we want want to make sure if 200,000 people are now searching for something new, we can design that emoji, we can add it in, and then it's there within 20 minutes. So I would say the most popular like on-demand emoji that we're asked for are probably a dabbing emoji, which is also kind of hard to explain, but it's essentially an emoji with like its, its head sort of buried into its right elbow, if you want to say that, and then like its left arm way extended over its head. That's been a pretty high demand one. We had a lot of requests for like the rainbow emoji. I get probably 25 to 50 emails a day just from people that are asking for new types of emojis that they want to get added into our library. That's really kind of wild to think of the cart almost leading the horse in the regard where there are people asking for emojis that correlate with brands or shows or celebrities. And then they're being made rather than companies coming to you and saying, we want an emoji created as a way of advertising and then integrated into your platform. I can go to a meeting with the people at Starbucks and say, look, we've had this emoji shared 200,000 times or this list of here are all the people that have asked for these different emojis that are all Starbucks related. And that's how I prefer to do things, right? Like I'd rather have the users guiding us 
to what they are looking for versus me just sort of putting down a mandate of this is like what you guys have to use for your conversations now. It's totally a different way of thinking about it. Not to say that we don't have our own internal emoji list of, you know, probably 100,000 plus emojis that we're going to be adding throughout the next year and a half. But user generated or user requested emojis are definitely at the top of our list. The people have spoken or they've they've typed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people have searched. Well, Tyler, thank you so much. You could visualize it. I'm doing the OK 100 emoji together. Thank you so much for your time today. Cool. Thank you. You know, these micro-sized face icons available at your fingertips can be really helpful for putting emotion and context in otherwise dry text messages. They're straightforward and pretty much universally understood. I mean, a cringing face is always a cringing face, right? Well, a recent study from the University of Minnesota shows that the emojis you send from your particular phone or messaging app could be interpreted differently, and pretty differently, by the person on the receiving end. Joining me to explain the results of the study and how emoji lovers can make sure their communication game is always on point is Hannah Miller, University of Minnesota PhD candidate and the lead author on this study into the different interpretations of emojis. Thank you so much for chatting with me. So to start off, your study focused on the variability in interpretations that may arise when users or recipients of emoji view them on different platforms. Can you explain how you went about your research? The way that we did it is we wanted to collect the way people interpret emoji by having them look at them and give us their interpretations. So we used an online service, um, Amazon Mechanical Turk, and we showed people different emoji renderings and we asked them to describe the emoji rendering so we could get their semantic interpretation and also to rate it on a scale from negative five or strongly negative to positive five or strongly positive to get their emotional or sentiment interpretation. And then what we did is after we collected, we had 334 people interpret 15 different emoji each. And these emoji were 22 of the most popular anthropomorphic or human-like emoji. For each of these 22 emoji, they have five, they have different renderings depending on the different platforms that they're on. And so we had five of the different platform renderings for each emoji. So that means we are studying 110 different renderings with many people's interpretations of them. And then to do the actual analysis, we compared one person's interpretation to another person's interpretation to essentially model a text message and see how different people on each end of the communication would be varying in their interpretations. Looking at some of the material in your study, I I was kind of surprised by some of the emoji that vary across from platform to platform. And one in particular that sticks out a lot is the uh, Apple Grimace or cringe emoji that has a lot of wild variation. What emoji in general cause some of the most confusion across platforms? You're definitely right. That one is one of the ones we saw some of the most misconstrual. And that's mostly because Apple's rendering is so different from the other renderings where 
The other renderings, people generally interpret them as being positive, and Apple is actually slightly negative on the average. Another one is actually the person raising both hands in celebration emoji. And this one was more varied in terms of semantics. So people described the different renderings in different ways. For example, they described Apple's rendering using words like stop or clap as if they were holding their hands up in the stop motion or giving a, a high five. But for Google's, they described it with words like praise or hand, like they were praising something, lifting their hands in praise. So, so that's another example where they actually differed in terms of semantics. So contrastingly, were there any that were surprisingly well interpreted across the spectrum? I see that the sort of smiley with hard eyes emoji seems pretty, at least visually similar across platforms. It may not necessarily be surprising because at least when you look at the different ones, you can see they all do have the heart-shaped eyes and, and a relatively positive-looking mouth. And so um, so we're actually kind of glad to see that there are some that we see close interpretations of. So it wasn't necessarily surprising. It was more surprising that for some of the exact same renderings, when people were looking at the same image, when we would see big differences in interpretation for the exact same rendering. And so can you give an example of some of those wide differences? So the semantic end, we definitely saw high variation, and that's mostly because we were comparing all of the different words that people could use in their open-ended responses, as opposed to just comparing people's ratings on the sentiment scale for in terms of sentiment. But some examples where people widely ranged in the sentiment side is actually the one you mentioned, the grinning face with smiling eyes, particularly the Apple version of it. What we saw is that when we look at how people ranked it, we can compare all of the different ratings, sentiment ratings that people gave it. And what we see is that we have some people on the positive end rating it three, four, or five as, as strongly positive, and other people completely on the other end rating it negative three, negative four, and negative five. That's just kind of an extreme example where some people look at that same graphic and think of it totally negative, whereas others think of it as totally positive. So if these misinterpretations affect casual communication, what about misinterpretations between a young worker or employee sends an emoji to their boss that they think has a fairly standard meaning and appearance and, you know, therefore interpretation? You bring up a good point that this might be an issue in the workplace as well. It kind of depends, one, on if they're using the same device or if they're using different devices. But like we said, even with sometimes seeing the same exact rendering, people can interpret it different ways. Something that has come out of the study is creating awareness for people. I think that a lot of people didn't even know that it could render differently on different platforms. And and now you can be aware of that when you're using a particular emoji. You could even look up what it might look like on their devices. You might know what kind of device your boss uses and, and check that it might come out a certain way. Or you can even see, if you look at the results from our study, we, we provide a ranking of the top most misconstrued and the least misconstrued. And you can even see how safe, in quotes, safe you might be in sending that emoji. But otherwise, you might just want to use your words and, and figure out how to do it. Something that people might want to consider for the workplace is using certain technology where they try to standardize the versions of emoji that they use even within the application. To give you an example, 
Twitter, if you're using it on brand platforms, you see different renderings because it's not necessarily being controlled. Mm-hmm. Whereas, say you're using Slack, they use the same emoji renderings regardless of whether I'm using, say I'm using the Slack app on my Samsung phone versus on my Linux computer, I'm always at least seeing the same rendering. So even though people might interpret the same rendering differently, everyone's at least same, seeing the same thing. And we got into this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the workplace application of emoji and kind of the risks that could come with that. But what would be your final advice for using emoji in communication? Well, one thing is that we studied people's interpretations out of context. So people just interpreted each emoji just by looking at it and saying what how they would describe it and what they thought its sentiment was. And so one thing that we want to make known about our study is that this is just the first step. And we're curious with future research if we can study it in context, particularly if you are using it in communication and you think that your surrounding message will make it very clear what your emoji is trying to communicate, then that might mitigate the problem, right? And we don't have proof for that yet, but that's kind of what we're hypothesizing might be the case. But also now, kind of like I said before, people can just be aware of the fact that it can render differently on different platforms and people can interpret it differently. And so just having that in mind, you can be cognizant of how you conduct your communication and manage your relationships. And maybe in a couple of years' time, um, every new smartphone from one of the major manufacturers will come with a little card, um, maybe explaining these differences to avoid all this misinterpretation. I think it would be cool if there was an application where if you texted me an emoji and I don't know what kind of phone you have, I could s- click on the emoji and see what you sent me so that I could at least get idea of what was intended for me. Thank you so much, Hannah. I really appreciate your time. And thank you. It was fun joining you. All right. uh, Hannah Miller, she is a PhD candidate at the University of Minnesota and lead author on a study on emoji and the different interpretations that they can have. Thank you so much. Thank you. our listeners already know three broke mice is lovingly produced in columbia missouri so naturally we're always keeping an ear out for homegrown news and sounds from around the state creatives in kansas city have taken missouri's show me state nickname to heart and hopped on the emoji craze by making the emoji my city app the keyboard app lets users share their casey pride for royals baseball and their world famous barbecue through texts and messages aplenty. Elliot Weirsgala, digital strategist for Kansas City-based creative firm Single Wing and the Emoji My City app, talks the app's beginnings and plans for spreading even more regional emoji pride. Hi, Elliot. How are you? Thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now that Emoji My City has provided Kansas City with its very own set of emojis, give us the whole lowdown. Uh, Emoji My City is a downloadable free keyboard that is different emoji stickers and GIFs that feature the best things about Kansas City. So landmarks, businesses, things like that. Where did the idea to create a Kansas City emoji keyboard come from in the first place? 
I'm not originally from Kansas City. I'm originally from Wisconsin, and I've been here now about three years. And the first thing I noticed about Kansas City is that it's very proud of Kansas City. And there's definitely a lot of hometown pride. So that's kind of where the idea came from. How can we promote all the best things about Kansas City in like a new fun way? Because sometimes just saying it didn't really feel like enough. So the idea came to do emoji stickers, gifts. The format itself has become more and more popular. I mean, almost every celebrity has their own emoji keyboard right now. Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, Stephen Curry. So if they can do it, I think a city as great as Kansas City should have had one as well. And since emoji are definitely heavily associated with younger millennial tech users, people who own smartphones and social media, is there also an end goal for KC companies and marketers using the Emoji My City app to attract younger people to the area? Yeah, you know, I think that that has definitely been the focus, especially when we're going out trying to get businesses involved, is they're trying to reach a little bit younger crowd. But we did some market research when we started this, and pretty much every age group is using emojis now. We always kind of talk about how our parents alone probably use emojis more than any of my friends do. So I, I think it definitely helps with the younger generations, but it's definitely reaching every age group that's out there right now. So from there, in terms of use of the app and the particular emoji and stickers and what are some of the most popular ones? Well, there's one that's Kansas City Proud. It's a GIF and it's a heart and it, it kind of radiates up with colors. It has the new Kansas City logo and it says Kansas City Proud. That's definitely the most popular asset that's been shared. Second is going to be the Kansas City Royals sticker with the crown town and the lion and then actually just the Kansas City logo is the third most popular. Aside from that one and the the classic KC logo, I'm particularly fond of the um, rib-eating pig, which (laughs) I love. I think it's adorable. Uh. No, that's definitely, I think that's Emily, who is the creative director at uh, Single Wing. That's her favorite one. Mm. Yes, he's so cute. We love him. In general, how many users are there already? I saw in one of the articles online that's already been written about Emoji My City that there are a projected 160,000 user downloads by the end of this year. Yeah, we've actually already passed that. Uh, We passed that in the first three weeks. Right now, we're currently at 178,000 total downloads. So it's been a crazy month, but really exciting. And what other ripple effects have come from the app already? We actually just left Las Vegas, and we're going to do Emoji My City Vegas there next. So we actually just had a meeting with Zappos, who is really focusing on improving Las Vegas, and I think that they're going to help us get in touch with some Las Vegas businesses and get them involved. And locally, what has been the response other than the fact that you've already exceeded the number of downloads that you hope for this year? Everyone's been really excited. Like I said, right now we are in the steps of getting businesses involved. So people would have specific assets, stickers, emojis, or gifts for their business. We actually just had the Kemper Contemporary Art Museum signed up. So they're going to have an actual branded one. And we have some talks with some other businesses in town to be involved as well. Currently, the whole keyboard has had almost 57 million impressions, which is kind of crazy, especially if you look at other sort of marketing platforms, billboards, print, online. We already have significantly more than any of those. So I think a lot of people are excited about the reach they can get with Emoji My City. And on the topic of businesses, there's some that you've already partnered with and creating content for them is in the works. But if other brands and or commercial entities want to be emojified, what 
kind of process will they have to go through? They really just need to reach out. We are going to do one more update this year, probably in August, when we're going to introduce all the businesses that have been included. But um, anyone can go right to our website, em.city, and there's a contact page which actually comes directly to me. And I'm more than happy to get more information out and get businesses involved. We'd love to see as many iconic Kansas City businesses as we can on it. And on a person-to-person level, in terms of feedback, what are some of the comments that you've heard? Everyone's been really excited, especially looking on social media. It's been primarily just positive feedback. I think most people have just been like, wow, this is a great idea. How did I not think of this? Which is probably the biggest thing that we've been told. Of course, Single Wing Creative is a full-service creative firm, but are you now being known as the Casey Emoji people? A little bit, yeah. That's what most people know. I mean, we obviously, like you said, we have a lot of other things in the works that we do, but this has definitely gotten the most acknowledgement. So, yeah. Oh, there's that emoji guy. Especially after I've been reaching out to different businesses. They're like, oh, you, you're the emoji guy. Yeah, that's me. What kind of businesses and entities are you targeting, hoping to get included from here forward? really looking for the most iconic Kansas City businesses. Like one specifically I had in mind was like Oklahoma Joe's. Everyone knows them. They're known nationwide. So we would love to see them involved. I'd love to see some of the other museums, obviously some of the uh, sports arenas, but the places that people really know, places they think about when they hear Kansas City. Why did you decide to make this a free app? Because the other emoji apps that exist for other cities, for the most part, are paid. I think we just were focusing more on the reach and more of doing something that's going to benefit the city um, before anything else. So if it's a free download, more people are going to you know, download it and use it. And that's really what the focus needs to be, really highlighting the great things about Kansas City. And what's your favorite emoji in the app? Oh, it's like making me choose my children. <laughs> I would probably have to go with the streetcar gif. All right. It's the cutest. I love the little sun on top, how it rotates Mm. and stuff. So I love that guy. And it was one of the first ones that we got done. So, Well, thank you so much for your time today, Elliot. I really appreciate it. If any of you are interested in downloading Emoji My City app, you can download it through the App Store, get a whole showcase of Kansas City emoji, stickers, GIFs, and use them to your heart's delight. Thank you so much again, Elliot. Thank you very much. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Three Broke Mice. As always, we really appreciate your time and your input. With that said, we'd love to hear about the issues and the topics you want us to cover. You can interact with us on our Facebook and Twitter pages and email us at threebrokemice at gmail.com. If you're looking for more show content, you can check it out online at kbia.org and missouribusinessalert.com. I'm Kara Tabor, and thanks again for tuning in.